genre. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. We're a podcast in here. We can't be reasoned with. We don't feel pity or remorse or fear. And we absolutely will not stop, ever, until The Terminator gets remade. And to do that, I've assembled an all-star team of returning Ideal Remake guests. Mimi Darling, Chris Lord, and Diane Bloom. Welcome back, everyone. So, is The Terminator a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Has been remade. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. 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 And uh, I like them. And yeah. <laughs> do, do you think it will be remade again? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Terminator is never over. No. Should it be remade? No. Uh, I think there's room. I think there's room to do something interesting with it. Actually. Well, what, 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 what I mean is that I think they should continue the story on. Mm-hmm. And I think that after we decide how it should go further... That should go on, but it's not. A, I don't think it's pure remake of the film. Oh, I so I think okay. it, I think it's really hard to do a remake of the 1984 film. I think you have to bring it up to today's thing. I oh, would sure. actually. I, I think there is a way to remake the 1984 Ooh. film, especially because it's the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know? And there are some things in, that have happened in our lives that we can easily draw from and still make it happen seven years from now. That is you true. know, so mm-hmm. I, I do think. There's possibility. So the Terminator, not Terminator, the Terminator, made it very difficult to look up because I kept forgetting, is one of those rare all threes. That's fun. (laughs) So uh, this is episode 100. Congratulations. Thank you all for being here for episode 100 of Ideal Remake. I'm very excited. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's start by everyone going around the table and introducing yourselves. Diane, uh, let people get acquainted with with your voice and tell everyone about uh, who you are. I'm Diane Bloom. I live in L.A. I used to be a director of development at a film company, and then I decided I should do other stuff. So now I'm a writer. And you were previously on for Hackers and Ronin and Wanted and In a Lonely Place. Yes. Got it. Mimi. I am Mimi Darling, and if that sounds like a stage name... You are correct. <laughs> but more importantly, you know, I have a fun little Instagram account called See It on Tuesday where I help you decide how to watch a movie because you should definitely see it. That's me, Amy Darling. And you uh, previously forced me to watch Catwoman. I did force you to watch Catwoman, but the Catwoman we created was... <laughs> I am a fan of what we did. I think that's a amazing. great episode. Like, I recommend that episode to people. We should call people and say, hey, listen to this episode and make this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, I'm uh, Chris Lord. I live in LA. I'm a podcast producer. And I'm trying to remember all the episodes I've been on for now at this point. Wait, uh, wait see if I can do it. Go for it. Superman. Yes. James Bond. Yes. The British Avengers. Yes. League of Strange Gentlemen. Yes. That is correct. Ah, Very good. All right. And I am the reason why Mimi, you had to do Catwoman. I'm so sorry. That's okay. We tortured Sam. It's, it's you know, two birds, one stone. It, it is, you've given me a lot to talk about because I've now seen that movie. You're welcome. <laughs> And I mentioned this while we were eating lunch that, like, look, if you hadn't made me watch Catwoman, I wouldn't have known that Wonder Woman 1984 <clears throat> is Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. So we mm. learned a valuable lesson. Apparently, we are not the only people to have seen it. And I think that's really what's clear here. Agreed. Somebody saw it and was like, let's forget about it and rewrite it. 
Yeah. Patty Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. I said someone. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not important who. The important thing is that it's a P and a, P and a J. No one's worried. Uh, but we're talking about Terminator today. Uh, so how did everyone first see Terminator? I guess let's go back around the other way. Chris, sure. do you remember when you first saw Terminator? Probably I'm not. sorry. The Terminator? The Terminator. Yeah. I, probably not when I first saw it. It's definitely one of those movies that I saw way younger than I should have. Because my mm-hmm. dad was just like, this is a fun movie. Let's sit down and watch it. And I can't remember the last time I watched the first one, but I've seen T2 so many times now that it was very weird to go back and watch the first one and try to try and take some of that imagery and also just like that caliber of filmmaking out because the Terminator, it's good, but a lot of mistakes it made James Cameron fixed when he got to the next one. Yeah. And so it was just a weird, weird retro thing that like mostly like the edgy most holds up, but you also understand why like, oh, if it weren't for T2, like this franchise has been done a long time ago. Yeah. I agree with that. You mean? Yeah, okay, so I was definitely young enough to be like, ooh, butts, you know, <laughs> when I saw The Terminator. Fair. Could not tell you um, my age at that point, because I still haven't stopped saying ooh, butts. Um, <laughs> but I was a young child, and I probably shouldn't have seen it then. However, what I will say is I watched T2, I watched The Terminator, and then I watched Terminator 3, and... I have a favorite, and it's not the one you think it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Diane? Well, first of all, to Mimi, I think you have to like respect Terminator 3, because they actually destroy the world. Mm-hmm. They do They it, don't yeah. save it. They bomb the world. It's great. I love the ending of Terminator 3. <laughs> um, I, too, probably saw Terminator, The Terminator at a very young age, and probably much younger than I should have. My parents were sort of notorious for letting me see movies that I probably shouldn't have watched. Um, I'd watched a lot of uh, French New Wave films, so Ubuts didn't really get get off with me because I was like, oh, more butts. <laughs> um, but um, I thought it was awesome. T2, I remember. T3. About the only Terminator movie I haven't seen repeatedly is Terminator Salvation. I'm just like, ew. Cool. That brings us to me. Uh, <laughs> so as I've mentioned many times in the podcast, uh, my movie watching history is weird and bad. So I had made it to college and never saw a Terminator movie. And I remember I uh, literally the day I flew back home from college because this because uh, Terminator Salvation came out in May or something. Mm-hmm. And the day I flew back home, all my friends were going to go to a midnight screening of Terminator Salvation. And so we were all waiting around to go see that movie. And somehow my friends found out that I'd never seen a Terminator movie. And they said, Sam, Terminator Salvation cannot be the first Terminator movie you've ever seen. Agreed. Yeah. So we watched the first half of T2 and then went to the midnight screening of Terminator Salvation, and then went back to their apartment after this midnight screening to finish T2. So that's the, my first Terminator experience. T2 first, the first half of T2 first, then Terminator Salvation, and then the rest of T2 all in one night. And then like a year or two later, my mom was like, you've never seen Terminator? And then I watched the first Terminator with my mother when I was like 22. And... Uh, that's how I... So, so watching Terminator again for this podcast is only the second time I've ever seen the movie. Um, I remembered it okay. Um, but So that's how I saw Terminator. I've never seen T3. Uh, I never saw Genesis. But I did watch Dark Fate a few months ago and loved it. But that's a separate story. So yeah, this is the second time I've ever seen Terminator. And uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my god. It, so the reason that we're talking about the Terminator is because frequent guest of the show, Kevin Mostoller recommended it and wanted to be on, but he's filming this weekend. Uh, and he had 
want like I, when he originally he wanted it just for him, but I was like, no, that's gonna be episode one hundred because episode one is RoboCop, and Makes sense. I just think it's a fun bookend. So I also think Terminator is this weird thing, as we've already realized. It has been remade, it will be remade, and it also should be remade because of some of the issues that are in this movie. And I think that's really interesting. What did what was like your first? How long had it been since your last rewatch of the Terminator? Prior to the, the did you rewatch the movie for this podcast, Diane? I did rewatch the movie for this podcast, but I'd also actually seen, I'd watched, I watched the extended version of Aliens, and then realized Jam, James Cameron really rocks it when he makes sequels. Yeah. <laughs> so then I watched T two, then I watched um, Dark Fate, then I watched Genesis, then I went back and watched Terminator. So before your podcast, I'd actually watched four Terminator films within the last three months. You, amazing. You've done far more research than I have. Yeah. I will say that. And more than Nate. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's... I, was, I really like Terminator films. I was, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely sort of the opposite. I saw Terminator Dark Fate in theaters, mm. and then I saw it again in theaters. I saw it one more time in theaters. <laughs> I purchased it, and it's the only Terminator movie I think exists in my head. Honestly, it, I just watch it kind of constantly. Very good. Yeah. And it'll be hard to have this conversation without referring to Terminator Dark Fate because there's so many things I think that movie does well. And I don't think it did really well or it's like... The, it didn't do great at the box office, no. Which is a shame because I think it's amazing. Like, But I think you can't have Terminator Dark Fate unless you already have the years and years of Terminator movies. Because the thing Terminator Dark Fate does is like... This just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, we'll stop one version of this apocalypse from happening, but then humanity just invents another one, and it just keeps happening. Like, And all these other Skynets, or whatever they're also called, whatever it's called in Terminator, just keep happening and keep inventing Terminators. It's like convergent evolution. It just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's amazing. That What a great way to play with the lore. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think the reason why Terminator is one of those series that can constantly be redone is because... Technically, we're dealing with the future that knows about the past and is just going back to change everything. Yeah. So we can change it as many times as we want, which is why whatever movie we make today is totally going to fit. But I it also works. think that's why Genesis fails, aside from the fact that it was bad, and I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it either, it's, yeah. It, my understanding is that it turns its back on that whole history of the franchise, and I don't think it should have done that. Oh, gosh. I, I like Genesis. Oh, do you? That's I, fine. I like it's salvation that really destroys the franchise. Is it? Okay. Oh, gosh, I like yeah. salvation. That's the first <laughs> Terminator movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, they just keep they just keep trying, and to the credit, they keep trying something different. And I think uh, what they try is actually, most of the time, like, kind of fine. I think the problem is, is that they are always going to live in the shadow of T2, which I think it's fair to say is well, probably one of the greatest films ever made, just flat out. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that... I think it's interesting because I think you have to pair the Terminator with T2, especially for Sarah Connor. Because, like, in Linda Hamilton does an amazing job. And she's two, she's the same character, but she's two completely different people in both movies. And Mm -hmm. I think that's important, especially when we get to casting, to address that. Mm -hmm. Like, she doesn't know she's walking into an apocalypse. She's just a waitress. And it's fine. We have to respect that. And so that's why I think think you have to have the two together. Mm -hmm. So... Well, yeah, I even think, like, when you add in Terminator Dark Fate, it's like Terminator Dark Fate is the end and beginning yeah. of a trilogy. You know, it's term- the Terminator yeah. T2 and then Terminator Dark Fate. Yes. The other ones are all the things that potentially could have happened. I'm sorry if you haven't seen these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the audience. This is a conversation just for us. Yes. <laughs> if, if people happen to listen, that's great. Well, yeah, if you... 
if you skip T3, if you skip Salvation and Genesis, you haven't missed anything by getting the full story because, you know, Dark Fate kind of goes back and shakes everything up. None of the rest of those things happened. Yeah. What I think I like about T3 and Salvation and I, I do have a problem with Genesis. Let's just be real. I, I, like, I have a problem. I enjoyed it. Not I, enough dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but I, I do think that the, the greatness of those things is all we know is the end, which is humanity is basically null and void. You know, we don't really exist anymore. We're fighting to exist, but we're not really here anymore. And there's a lot of skulls. All over so the many. planet. So yeah. many skulls that we're just like constantly trampling. I mean, the janitorial <laughs> so nice staff. It. It, like that's what happens when you uh, don't pay the janitorial staff. Enough. Yeah. But you know, it's it's nice to see those things actually come to fruition, which you need for T3, T4, and T5. I'm, I'm paraphrasing her names now. But you know, you need those in order to be like, <laughs> we did end up actually getting to a lot of skulls being on the floor. Well, it's and also it makes sense. interesting that there's a lot of skulls because the one woman we see actively die, the one resistance fighter... She gets like obliterated. Yeah, like, like she's vaporized. just vaporized. So she yeah. didn't leave a skull behind. So I don't know where they got these skulls. Oh, no, see, they do explain it, right? Oh, okay. The machines are constantly evolving. So at first, they were just murdering people and letting them drop dead and walking all over them. Sure. And then they're like, you know what? There's a better way to do this without us having to like look at skulls forever. <laughs> we, can't, we, can't, we can't make a bigger mess. Yeah. Like, hello, we have to live here. I don't want, I don't want to live with these skulls. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, don't live where you murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's always interesting watching movies in a post singularity world. Just thinking about like what people think like will happen. Like, oh, the singularity happened. I don't know why artificial reality cares about us at all, but I guess they care about us. I mean, did, did anyone else while watching this kind of hope for that dystopia versus the boring one that we're actually living in right yeah. now? Is anyone else like? over just like being dead in that universe rather than dealing with this shit now that's fair is that just me that, i think that was that wasn't me i'll just <laughs> say that. i don't want to speak for everybody i think that's just you <laughs> okay oh, good I, to I know think it, i All think right, it's yeah. fair yeah but it hadn't occurred to me okay uh but all right so we have the movie as it exists what are some of the things that are like core tenets of the terminator as it exists now that we need to make sure we save time travel I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Someone's got to go back in time. There Terminator's has to be a landing. Terminator, yes. and, and there has to be a resistance member from the future coming yes. back. Agreed. In time. There has to be a bright eyed but sad character <laughs> who just needs a life change. Any life change will do at all, <laughs> um, you know, in order for her to, or him, to feel good about next steps we need them to lose a little bit of agency so that they can take it back Mm -hmm. oh i absolutely think we need a cop who doesn't mind that they're drinking cigarette ash like i i just feel like (laughs) i don't know if you guys caught that but like on my rewatch the guy's like i put a cigarette in there and he's just like slurp still drinking it (laughs) so first he said that that cop that coffee's two hours old Uh uh-huh I put a cigarette in it? Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. And I like, didn't recast him, but I agree. We should have Like, that. he should be... The, I mean, that cop is so passionate about his job. He doesn't care. He just needs to stay awake. You <laughs> That's know what true. I mean? <laughs> cigarette, ash, coffee, perfect drink. Ugh. You know, it's called Four Loco. Um, oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, There's a new version now. I don't know what it's called, oh, but gosh. someone threatened me with one recently. I was like, oh, God, no. Oh, no. <laughs> we need multiple car scenes, car chases, um, to topple... Uh, any Fast and Furious franchise movie, but mm. also 
you know, really give you the stakes are high and like maybe our characters might die. But I think with the car chases, you have to be careful because you can't have, you have to have them grounded in reality. Yeah. One yeah. of the things that made the first Terminator movie so cool was they were crashing cars and they were doing trucks and it wasn't some CGI sort of all of a sudden the car is flying through a building and then keeps going. Yeah. Or like whips around on a rope. On a rope. It's like hanging by a thread and like goes around a mountain. Oh, God. (laughs) Don't be sorry on those movies. No. So, I mean, I think one (laughs) of the things that made the the Terminator so good was that it was grounded in the reality that existed when they made the film. Yeah. So, I guess that's what I'm curious. Like, for all you guys, would you want to actually just do a flat-out remake of this and ignore everything that happened before? Or would you want to continue the ongoing story of Terminator? I think... I actually think Terminator Dark Fate is a good button on everything that's come before. I think if we're continuing the story, then the expectation will be that we have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. And I just don't think we can do that. Mm -hmm. I think we need to recast both of them. Aside from the fact that uh, uh, Kyle Reese specifically says they're infiltration units and no one is worse at infiltrating anything than the most recognizable (laughs) guy you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. And yeah, not very uh, blended with the crowd on that one. So I think we take inspiration from Terminator, from T2, and from uh, from Dark Fate, but I do think we need to start over. I think it, it should be set now. I don't think we need to go back to the 80s. Agreed, yeah. But I also agree that I think it needs to be grounded in that they're not superheroes. Yeah. He grew up in, apocalypse, in an apocalypse, and it's lucky that he knows what a car is. Yeah. She has never been in... Like, She's supposed to be in a romantic comedy, and now she's in an action movie. This is not the way it was supposed to. Her life was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. But like, a robot came back from the future. So if there's any like use of CGI or crazy tricks, it's just the Terminator that's doing it. Mm-hmm. And I would say they have to be like, "What's well, fucking robots?" <laughs> I can excuse robot shenanigans. I yeah. can't excuse like man-made superhero shenanigans when that is not your universe. Yes. And as far as we know, there are no superheroes in this universe. It's just machines we've created to destroy us yep. and us. Yeah. <laughs> so. I will say in Dark Fate, the I don't remember the name of the actress that they send back. Like they enhance her and she's like an enhanced human and can Mackenzie fight. Davis. Thank yes. you. Like she's she she's great. Yeah. Uh, and I like what they do and she is a superhero, but I don't think we should have that. I think Especially for the first one, it's more compelling if it's just like, it's just humans trying to not go extinct. Yeah. 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 And I I think that's more important. So I think if we're going to be having crazy Fast and Furious car chase tricks, just the Terminator can no, do I it. Just, no, no, I that's want, the point. I want the car chases to top the Fast and Furious car chases because those are unbelievable. And I want to believe that somebody actually maybe got hurt filming this. <laughs> if that makes sense. So you want this to be directed by Quentin Tarantino then? Um, no. no, absolutely not. Who was the director, the famous director recently who just like had the massive car accidents and they're like, no one got hurt though. And like, someone could have. I don't remember who that was. I don't, I'm not sure what that story is specifically, but I, I think what we're getting at is more like grounded, gritty level action. Like, I'm not saying that David Leach should be the director on this, but like his style of like very visceral, like stuff is hitting at each other. You can feel the impact in yeah. the camera. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to feel like all of a sudden the fight scenes are cut so fast. Yes. It seems like superheroes are fighting. Okay. Or like the cars are doing magnificent, amazing things that cars would never be able to do. Yeah. So I want, I want like, you know, if the car breaks down, the car breaks down. 
the car explodes, the car explodes, but I want to feel like an actual car is exploding. Mm-hmm. And I want the, our two main characters, our Kyle Reese and our Sarah Connor, to be taking damage the entire time. If a car runs into something, they're going to get hurt, and yeah. they're going to have to carry that the rest of the movie. It's been a long time since I've seen an actor have to like take stock of all of their injuries because you know James Bond just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. You know he may take like a siesta on an island, but like <laughs> yeah. James Bond keeps moving, and I think like Atomic Blonde, Charlie Theron. Is constantly being like, ooh, I have to patch myself up. And I yeah. love to see yeah. that Yeah, so she's much. like flooded up all the way through it. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I want to see Sarah Connor's face almost unrecognizable. Because yeah. she's just been going through so much and she has no skills. <laughs> that is one of the things I liked in the movie of the moment when Kyle Reese is collapsed. He's done. And then she just like, like stand up soldier, do the thing. And it's like a little bit of who she's going to become and it's something that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that moment. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, at this point now, Terminator, it's an action franchise, but this movie's more of a horror almost all the way through. Yeah. 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 Like, it, there aren't big... I mean, there's, like, a few action set pieces, but the whole thing's, like, it's the looming threat the entire time. Even the way the, the finale is structured, of like, you think it's done and it keeps coming back. You think it's done and it keeps coming back. Like, it really leans that horror element of it. And I think that idea is maybe worth, like, gravitating towards as well. It's, like, it should be scary and intimidating more than so like you know like it's suspenseful more than just like oh my god look at this crazy action yeah plus like the we don't really think of it this way now but like there are definitely elements of body horror when they needed to have like the puppet with where the puppet arnold schwarzenegger that tears out his own eye or like opens up his arm like we're kind of used to seeing that stuff now but at the time it's like oh my god i was not used to seeing that like i like fine he's missing an eye but uh robot actual robot Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, unnerved me so much while I was watching. <laughs> oh, like, when, like, all the skin like, is gone and it's just the robot no, no, skeleton? No, it's just, like, when his face, and he, like, turns back, and he's, like, clearly an animatronic. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I can't, like, it's yeah, so that gross. Was, yeah, that, that was definitely deep within the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Like, we'll do better than that. Like, because now we can use CGI, but, like, yeah, that was very strange. And I was like, oh, that's... That's not Schwarzenegger. I was watching it and I was like, am I watching like House of Wax or something? Like, it's gross. <laughs> like, this is a scary movie. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, that's it really is scary. Yeah. And like, I'm having nightmares about, you know, dummy Arnold Schwarzenegger going like, rah, rah, with his whole body because he's not real. And he's like staring at me with his creepy eye that he just ripped. It was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so gross. But it does work to the film because, I mean, the Terminator itself is a cyborg. Yeah. So to see sort of like... No, he's anim- not. Do you know the difference between a cyborg and an android, Diane? Don't they call him a cybernetic organism? They yeah. do. They're wrong. Oh, oh okay. Oh, well. okay. So, so we'll get this right. Uh, so a cyborg is a human that becomes more robotic. So okay. the character the character from comics and everything, cyborg, mm-hmm. is a cyborg. He was human and now is robot. Okay. Human to robot is cyborg. Robot to human is android. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I think we can also like... Cyborg is that, cooler. Yeah, one cyborg sounds cool. Also, you can it tell, does, like, but it's wrong. When they wrote this, people did not know these things to the point where, like, Kyle Reese has to explain like it's microprocessor control because it's 1984 and people don't just understand what that technology yeah. is. Yes, yes. So. Uh, but I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Continue. No, but what I'm what I was saying was it looks unbelievably creepy when the head turns with the sunglasses or with the eyes there and he like sits there. It's unbelievably creepy. But I think it works really well to service the film because when he when all the skin comes off and you see the exit the the endoskeleton 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 and he just kind of keeps coming and coming and coming you're just going this is not human and it is coming after me yeah Yeah. and and it's real it's a feeling that. 
we get a lot these days, you know, but at the time, that was scary as hell. Yeah. 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 And that's something that I think we need to do differently than, say, Dark Fate. I love Dark Fate, but the way the Terminator works in that movie only works because we've seen all these Terminators before. And we've seen the evolution. Yeah. 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 I think it needs to be this first Terminator where it is... A, a robotic skeleton in flesh, mm-hmm. which is disgusting, but you're like, it needs to start human and become less human. Like, even though the Uncanny Valley thing wasn't on purpose, it still should give us this, like, oh my god, like, revelatory of not human as we progress further. And I think that's important. Yeah. Especially as it doesn't register pain. And we're seeing, like, that should hurt. That should hurt. You should not be doing that. Oh my god, what is happening? I would love for our other characters to see that more often because I do think all of those moments were just for the audience. Ooh, and yeah. I I wish Sarah Connor had have gotten a little bit more time to stare at Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean the Terminator, and be like, oh my gosh, you're not human. Because yeah. I do think, you know, anybody actively staring, you know, that whole punk scene in the beginning with Bill Paxton. And like, that's not a human. <laughs> like, love it as Bill Paxton. It's yeah. so random. It's like, that's not a human. And I wish there was something to, cause it's also the first iteration. So it should yeah. be a little like, you haven't perfected it just yet. Yeah. And except he's passable until the action scenes. And I yes. kind of want people to be like, why are you so weird? Like, I don't, you unnerve me. Please don't stand behind me or anything like that. Because I really do think our characters were not as scared until the perfect moment, I'm using air quotes, yes. the perfect moment to be scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it would be scarier for them if they did look at him for a little bit longer. Well, this is actually my problem with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the role, which is just, it's twofold. One, he's perfect for the role. And the other one is he's unbelievably wrong for the role. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Like yeah. he's the most robotic man. Like he's the most terrifying Terminator man you've ever seen. But at the same time, he... You immediately see him. He's painfully yeah. conspicuous. Yeah, yeah. like yes. the Terminator that comes in and infiltrates the army, the army, their bunker. Yeah, when they're when they're in the future. Yeah, and he just looks like some regular old schmo. I mean, he's still the, jacked, but yes, he's not as jacked. You know, he's not. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not as jacked, and he's you know he's got a beard and he looks kind of you know scuzzy, and he kind of all of a sudden he just like you know mows everyone down. I don't remember him having a beard. It's kind of like scruffy. Yeah, was he? He he looks he more scruffy. like "quote unquote" human. Yeah, than he looked more, more human. Does. I, yeah. I remember him being like a clean shaven, yeah. with a little bit of a oh maybe. Hair. Yeah, like I remember and him not like wearing smash, a shirt. Smash. Yeah, he's not wearing a shirt, and he's like he got a blanket on, and he just smashes through yeah. people and starts shooting. Because yeah. I remember thinking that the security system in the future was terrible. It's like all of a sudden you hear the dogs going nuts, and like, oh hey, you're a Terminator. Well, you're inside our base, killing us. Well, this was a bad plan. <laughs> but but Diana, get your sandwich. Your points like. He is so perfect as this unstoppable killing machine, but he just stands out so much that it it it, it loses a lot of like credibility almost now. Like, well, obviously he's a killer. Look at him. Right. And so, yes, I agree. And as you mentioned that, so I think that the the human that we cast for this role should be a a reasonably decent human looking person, but I don't think it should be like Arnold's like. You can go and you can cast like John Cena or like David Batista, but I don't think that's exactly what you want for this. No. Nope. Nope. But if anything, I think that it should be looks human and normal, so that way you have more opportunities to make them look less human and normal. Like literally, if the robotic skeleton inside starts expanding and like stretching and pulling the skin and making them get bigger, when we get to later in the movie and it's like he needs to become more imposing and a bigger threat, I think like that can push the uncanny valley even more mm. and to be way more unsettling. 
Like, you literally, like, the... Have any of you ever seen um, American Werewolf in London? Yes. I have not. So there's the moment when he is transforming into the werewolf, and you're seeing his body stretch and contort into the werewolf. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, like, won a bunch of awards for, like, practical effects and stuff at the time, but it, it's this incredibly unnerving thing of watching the human body take shapes it's not supposed to take. And I think that's what we should be expecting from our Terminator in this. I agree. I think, yeah. like, as scary as, you know, Big Arnold is in the first Terminator, the Terminators of the other following movies, I think, are infinitely scarier because they yeah. could just be anybody. Yeah. 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 I, it's like, I look at them and I go, he's got a very serious face, but he's a cop. So that makes sense to me. Oh, gosh. You know, yeah. it, it's suddenly terrifying. And I think that's sort of what's missing from Arnold because he's just... He's either a big protective guy or he's a big, I'm going to smash your face in guy. And yep. like, so I don't know which one he is, but I automatically err on he's going to protect me <laughs> right. and hope for the best. And, and I think that's an example of what Cameron learned when he got to T2. Like Robert Patrick looks much more normal. Like he, he's unsettling, but you wouldn't immediately think of him as being inhuman. And that, and he just like blends in so much better. And like he also can act like a human. That's one thing that this room never does. I think also doesn't quite work. It's like, I find that Schwarzenegger's performance in this, like his face is very robotic, but his body moves like a person through a lot of it. Like, I don't think he had gotten like the, the fine tuning of the actual physicality down. And I think it's much more interesting if you, that person could actually like put on a facade and pretend to be a person and like have a conversation rather than just being this weird, intimidating robot who threatens people all the time. Like an infiltration robot to be able to like learn things through a conversation Mm -hmm. like a person would do it and actually blend in. Yeah. I think also if we start the movie, you know, if it's present day or even a few years in our future, but from this future versus being in the 80s where we didn't have any technology, our robot automatically is a better infiltration system. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Because social media. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but the the other issue is that like there was a moment in this movie when... uh, when Kyle leaves Sarah Connor alone in the room and then she has the call from her mother, but obviously the Terminator killed her mother in order to like hear the voice and do all the things. And it was like, well, why didn't uh, Kyle Reese say, don't answer the phone. They can sound like anybody, but it occurs to me, he would have no reason to know that they can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is literally an ability that they would like, there are no phones in the future. It makes perfect sense that they wouldn't like, he wouldn't know about it, but that's also really interesting. Just like watching Arnold Schwarzenegger speak with someone else's voice. I find, and then like when I watched Terminator Dark Fate, I forgot they could do that. And there's a moment when the Terminator does it in that movie. And it's like, oh, right. A robot can sound like anybody Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And and Mimi, I think you bring up a good point about like social media. Yeah. Because what I find so funny about watching this now is like both the Terminator and Kyle from Marco like use the phone book to try and track down all the different Sarah Connors, like are going through like killing them systematically one by one. It's a plot point. Yeah, it's a plot (laughs) point. It's like, like, that neither of them know what she looks like. And if you're saying this now, that wouldn't be the case. Like, you would know exactly what that person looks like and exactly what their habits are because all that information is available. But just as a thing, though, Kyle does know what she looks like because he had the photograph from John Connor. Okay, right. So, yeah, he knew. But the he Terminator knew, but the did. Terminator had no idea what she looked like. Yeah, no idea. And I feel like you can't ignore that now. It's like they even say at one point, like, oh, like, most of the records have been destroyed I think it's much more interesting is in the future, like, the robots actually still have access to all this data, but the humans don't. So maybe the humans only have, like, an old picture, but the robot knows exactly what she looks like, exactly where she is, how to find her. I like, love that idea. Yeah, like, I think that comes in with Dark Fate a lot. I think, yeah, so he uses I a lot that. of technology. Yeah. To, he uses, I mean, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Connor at one point says, 
we're in a place where there's a, there's a camera everywhere. You're yeah. always on camera. And then there's at least two incidents where the um, Terminator goes in to data centers and breaks into them and right. and downloads yeah. data and is literally just tracking yeah. thousands, hundreds of thousands of images until he finds the one he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind for our remake that our Terminator, Terminator is a little bit not on that level and just working what he with he or she already has from the future versus like being able to go, oh, yes, I definitely because I do think there's this iteration of Terminators that are happening where the first Terminator could not have done that, even if he did have if we had the technology for it versus this Terminator in Dark Fate who knows how everything works is from a different future not the future that we've been seeing constantly <laughs> you know but is from a different future and knows how we have collected data in the does that make sense i don't know I, if i'm making it no sense. i think it makes sense because I, I think i agree with you i think it's more interesting and more compelling if the terminator has to be active instead of just sitting at a computer terminal pulling information and like has to go look and find and you can even make it a plot point of kyle reese saying when they were connecting to the Wi-Fi, we were able to fight back because we just hacked into the Terminators. And that could literally be like, for our sequel, that's how we got whatever the Terminator that's going and protecting Sarah Connor and John Connor in the future. They just hacked it. Like, they just, like it was connected to a Wi-Fi network and you just, like, if someone's on my Wi-Fi network, they can hack all my machines. The Terminator kept his Bluetooth on. <laughs> yeah. So you were able to Le- jump in le- there. Legitimately, yeah. 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 Like, literally, that, like, if there's one skill that would be necessary in a robot apocalypse it's being able to hack the robots and also as of 2021 we are infinitely more prepared to hack a robot than we were in 1984 yeah. What, yeah. what's the term for a computer that's never been connected to the internet um standalone no, uh, no. Yeah, i think there is a specific term but i remember it. Yeah, yeah it's like they use the term in like i, I know i think i know the term from newsroom oh okay yeah they need like a, a computer that's never been connected to the internet and can't connect to the internet because that way it can't be hacked or something like that. And that's the only way you can plug in this flash drive and it's got all the information. I don't remember what the term is, but like something like that. So like this Terminator, it's in, like you would have to physically plug into the Terminator in order to hack it. And like, right. Which makes it difficult, but also doable. And I like difficult, but doable. Yes. Yeah. And, and by some, difficult, I mean, I could die. <laughs> and it's something the, the machines would have learned. Right. Because if the humans then killed the first wave of Terminators because they hacked them and then blew them all up, Machines were like, oh, maybe we can't have the connected to Wi-Fi. So all of a sudden, the Terminators are all given their mission and then just let go into the world. Right. Yeah. So that that would that would take care of like the singular fascination of having just to kill Sarah Connor because that's its only mission and it can't be upgraded. Right. Right. Like it, it can only do it only has what it came with from the future. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's not gonna be able to just like yeah just start connecting to smartphones and track her down that way. But it has to know how to find her given what it already knows. I yes. also think we don't need tons of Sarah Connors because we need him going to get whatever tools he's going to use to murder Sarah Connor. But we also need him going to get a cell phone or yeah. anything to connect to the yeah. internet. We need him doing all of these other things. So he will still have a, a weird kill count and it'll be in the city and it'll be terrifying. And I assume, you know, because it's a woman lead that there must be a parking lot scene where she's just walking around a parking lot by herself, all scared and terrified. Cause that's one of the most terrifying things you can do as a woman in LA. <laughs> so, you know, when you have these scenes, there's already enough reason for her to be scared that there's a serial killer out there, but it actually ends up being not a cyborg. We well, can also do that. <laughs> <Kyle Reese. laughs> you can also definitely do the thing where she's holding her keys with each of the keys between the individual fingers, like just as a means of like you just to show how scared she is. Yeah. 
And it could even come up later when she finally does that to the Terminator and it does not do anything because it's a robot. All the keys. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's really terrifying. Good. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're not human. So we've talked about our Terminator. And I think we all kind of have an idea of what we want our Terminator to be. Who do we want our Kyle Reese to be? Because oh, I'm raising my hand. I've got issues. Yeah, the Kyle Reese in this movie is not good. Please, maybe fix him for us. I don't mind that Kyle Reese is just this like lone stalkerish puppy, like who's got a photo of the woman he's supposed to be with, <laughs> you know? of his friend's mom, of his friend's mom, or his idol's mom, not even his friend. You yep. know, yeah. I don't mind that. Like that's his backstory, but he's creepy as soon as he makes it to present day i'm using air quotes again Mm -hmm. in 1984 and i think it would have been wonderful if he had have tried to pick her up in some sort of romantic kind of way and been like let's hang out i want to take you to dinner or anything like that because he just sort of comes out of nowhere and saves her life thank you but also you're still terrifying and creepy and yet i'm still gonna have sex with you and it just feels a little bit unbelievable yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's just not there's not chemistry there any sort of way and, and the other way, without that and then having the circumstances be like why the hell would you sleep with this guy yeah it doesn't work i would I, love if he got there the day before the terminator or like anything to be like i was checking around and i said let's go on this date i went on this date and then the terminator came and then i could show her i'm actually here to protect you you know, because then I'm like, I already have this rapport with you. I already think you're hot and, and maybe considering going to bed with you. But then also you just protected me from this crazy thing where my key knuckles did not work. <laughs> <laughs> and should have, if it were human, please explain. And then we can have a deeper connection. But they don't have a connection. It's just, I feel sorry that you grew up poor and there was rats and you had to eat them. And like here... Come to my bosom. You know, it feels very weird. It felt like the way the movie, it felt like the language the movie was trying to speak to us was that we're not supposed to be sure which one of them is the actual threat. Except one of them's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And yeah. he walked in and killed the, the punk bikers. So it's like, oh, well, we're not supposed to be sure. Or she's not to be sure. But like. We're sure. We're sure immediately. Yeah. Like it shouldn't yeah. matter. Like and we get it. And I mean, so, yeah, I, it felt like it was trying to have its cake and eat it too, but don't eat this cake. I also think there's a lot of doubt that they're casting, even after she's like sort of with him already. They're in the car. They have the whole conversation about your child in the future and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. They get arrested. And then he's like looking crazy in the camera and being like, Sarah, Con! and you know, like screaming her name. And I'm like, yeah, see, that's I think that's terrifying because I would go. On, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. Cross your fingers. I would go on a date with a guy, and then he could turn out to be totally crazy, which is like a whole other layer that she would have to deal with, which would also sort of endear her to him in a way, like in the future. But as of right now, there's just this crazy person who told me to get in his car, and he still seems crazy, and he's never stopped seeming crazy. And he keeps like grabbing you. And he keeps grabbing at me, and he's screaming yeah. my name on the screen, <laughs> you know, and like, please come to my bosom, sir. I'm always going to sleep with you. You didn't even put your jacket on me when I was cold. Yeah. The, <laughs> he didn't. You're he right. He I'm like, this guy's not chivalrous. Yeah, no chivalry in the future, He's clearly. just scary. There's also a personality issue of like, there's if you're in an apocalypse, it's going to be a certain kind of person who's able to get through an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He did not seem like that kind of person. No. He seemed like the kind of person who might have a mental breakdown and then just like, wouldn't be able to get away until like, the robots took him. Like, you're going to have some sort of like, 
dark humor, like, yeah. <laughs> at least we're not on fire. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 something. I think you need a little bit more... Charisma? Well, one, charisma, too, but also, yeah, it's, like, confidence out of that character. Like, he yeah. has survived a lot, and, I mean, like, it's a little bit murky as to how much this movie fully understands or acknowledges, like, the looped nature of the time travel. Like, it's heavily implied that John knew that Kyle was his dad and sent him back. Yeah. Which is a little bit weird to start with, but it's like, you kind of got to believe that this guy would also get picked because he's competent and capable, too, and not just because, like, well, I know you're going to bang my mom, so you have to go back. (laughs) I know that you're actually going to be able to protect her. I honestly think, like, based on the message Kyle Reese gives to Sarah, like, you have to survive, I think... John Connor knows Kyle Reese is just my dad. Like, he's, he's not <laughs> supposed like, to protect my mom. He's going to die there, yeah. but he does have to bang her or else yep. I can't be here to help save humanity. Yeah. He's so, like, useless. I, I Like, I don't know. He's useless. He's not funny. He's not charismatic. Well, he's just angry constantly. And I get yeah. it. You grew up and you had to eat rats. Like, he, I understand. He's not recyclable. He's single use. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which sucks. And I think... I think I would just like there to be a story where he is recyclable, yeah. just a little bit. Where we care that he dies. I want to care that he dies. Because when he died, I was like, well, that seems about right. Yeah. yeah. It took this long? Yeah. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have a place in this Reese. world. Yeah. You know, it's not John Connor and Kyle Reese or like, man in the efforts. It's none of that. It's all John Connor sent me back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would be even more interested if like Kyle Reese is expecting to die. Like, there's that moment when he's being interviewed by the police and they're like, well, so you can't go back? And like, he goes, No. When it would be like, no, this is a one-way trip. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you are fully anticipating dying. And the idea of someone who, like, keeps, like, throwing themselves into situations because they're expecting to die and then not, like, actually living of, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with myself now. There's actually a scene, there's actually a cutscene in Terminator where Kyle and um, Sarah are sort of by a river. They're sort of, whatever, if they ran, they're by a river. And Kyle literally says, I'm not supposed to be here. And freaks the fuck out. Oh, interesting. Like has a mental breakdown? Well, pretty much, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to see this beauty. I'm not supposed to see this world. I don't know what I'm doing here. Oh, so he's like confused as to why. No, he's just confused as the whole world. You know, he's looking at a world that doesn't exist in his... It's in his it's extreme yeah. extreme culture shock. Yeah. And he's just like, that's, I'm not supposed to be here. That's interesting. See, they took yeah. all the humanity out of him and just left uh, eating yeah. rats. I'm yeah. sorry I keep talking about the rats. It's just <laughs> they find the one rat and he's they like, know. I got I got dinner and I'm like I'd be dead. That's okay. Yeah. No, it's fine. Thank you, though. You reach a point and you're like, nope, this is it. This mm-hmm. is my end. You yeah. did it. But I do that's super interesting to me. Like because they always talk about how, like, oh, uh, time travel stories, like, you bring up someone from the 1600s to today, they would not be able to handle it. But I imagine the same is true going the other way. That's, ooh, I like that. Because there's going to be so many ass, like, even like even if he, like, was four years old when the future uh, ended, like, just the idea of an entire world, like, there's so many things you're going to forget or not know how to deal with. Like, just the idea of a sliding glass door might freak him out because it's like a robotic door and he might try to shoot the door. And I think it also humanizes him. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. that was, as he's, Mimi said, he's I lacking mean, they, they, humanity. Yeah, they yeah. took out the humanity for Kyle and I think you're absolutely right on that. If you, if you have a character who's coming after Sarah Connor who has no humanity and then you have Sarah Connor who's like borderline either or, you know, so, <laughs> flip a switch. Honestly, she's like pretty well adjusted. 
to all of the situations. I'm like, okay, that girl has like a, a ripper switch. You know, she's like, now I can be the badass. Now I have to be soft. You know, mm-hmm. something happened. And then you have Kyle Reese, who's supposed to be the ultimate opposite of the Terminator. I just want him to feel things. I want him to feel things and experience things. And I I think Sarah Connor would be attracted to that because everybody apparently she's dated so far, I'm using air quotes again, <laughs> you know, is is a piece of crap, you know? He leaves her alone on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. it's like, sorry, can't make it. I'm well, sleeping with someone else. Although, I, although I enjoyed her two friends, like her roommate and the guy. Oh, oh, Ginger oh. and what's his name? Ginger Matt, and Matt. Matt. And let me tell you, that first pickup phone call of first thing I'm going to do let me tell you, I don't know if you paid attention. He did not say one thing about himself. It was all about pleasing Ginger, and I, we need to keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I recast them both. Yeah. yeah. They're on my list. Well, on my list. <laughs> my only note I have for Matt is just he never never pleased a woman. Like, that's the vibe I got off of him. Was it like. No, no, no. He no. pleased her so much, she was like, yes, baby, listen to whatever your music you want as I go to town. I See, I, I, yeah, I, I had the opposite take on it. Like, she's just like so not into She's like, I'm just going to listen to my music and you're going to do your thing. And it's just, the whole thing can be very well, make, weird. Make it better. Very, very there weird are many vibe. opinions that I would trust uh, on this particular topic, Chris. Yours is not one of them. Fair enough. <laughs> I, had the, I had the impression that basically he would go to whatever ever rhythm she wanted. Yeah. Okay. So to have like yeah. the music going. He's feeling the beat or whatever. I mean, those headphones weren't that good yeah. those days. That, that music no. would come trickling out. Yeah. And she was just, clearly obsessed with the music and him and was yeah. like, I don't want you to be a part of this. This is just for me. He was doing everything for her. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? That's fine. That's fair. It was, it was me and another gay man watching this. We're like, I don't get what's going on here. So I'm very confused. What was going on is she got exactly what she asked for and a phone Good call explaining everything yeah. he was going to do first. Like, and their relationship, like, they, like I was just, like, they both got fridged and I was sad about it. Yeah. But, like, they were great. They were just fun. Like, and I, like, the Terminator is going to kill people and the Terminator needed to kill someone that the person cares about. I get it. These two were good, and I liked their dynamic. So yes, I recast them. Great, I'm glad. I'm glad I wasn't alone. Yeah, it's no, like they need not. dating parts, <laughs> and, and especially when like and just like the dynamic, that, like the two of them also have with Sarah. I thought was super sweet. It's like, oh, you are you are not a free floating entity who is waiting for a plot to happen to you. You are a real person living in the world. Mm-hmm. And I always find it interesting and annoying when the movie is just like this person didn't exist, and now the movie happened, and now they exist. And yeah. I think that like. I literally wrote a pilot about this, about like someone whose job it is to go be like the sixth friend for two episodes and then they go and return back to the void. Mm-hmm. Because like whenever someone's dating any of the friends, they don't have any of their own friends. Right. They're just a, a, a free agent. Yeah. And then they return to to everything. And And Sarah Connor wasn't. She was living a full life and then like the future happened to her. And it's weird. And I, I don't know. I found it an unnecessary moment of humanity, but a deeply appreciated moment of humanity. That's fair. But yeah, so Kyle Reese needs, so we know how our Terminator, we have our Kyle Reese in terms of like, who we need him to be of like, gallows humor, a little bit more dynamic, culture shock. I think those are all very important and good. So let's talk about Sarah Connor. Do we want her to also still be a waitress? What What is important to us about our Sarah Connor? For me, the only thing that's important is that I don't want her to be a badass yet. I don't even want to necessarily put hints that she's going to be a badass in the future. I don't think that's important. I think this needs to be someone whose life is completely interrupted and is not prepared for this at all. I agree to an extent. I think my personal Sarah Connor 
is, <laughs> is, you know, she's not a badass in terms of, I know guns and I know kung fu or anything like that. And she's definitely not prepared for any of the events of the, of the future. But I think if we're doing this movie now, or we're even doing it eight years from now, if it takes place then, there's so many things that are happening in the world. I want her to like have her ears to the ground and I want her to have a good head on her shoulders and a great way to understand how to trust people, which I do not believe Sarah Connor from the Terminator currently has. She's very like gullible. And I'm just like, there's no possible way this woman is going through 2021, 2028, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, any of these, any of these times at all. You don't think you don't want your Sarah Connor to be instantly convinced by her mother's voice on the phone. I I'm not saying that I want her to be suspect of everyone, but I I just feel like so many things are happening in the world. I think she goes, huh, you know, a little bit more often than this character does. She just buys in. You know, just like like crying to the cops. Do you think he's crazy? Yeah. And it's just like you listen to his whole story and you fully bought in. And now you're like buying into some other story. Yeah. Because it works for you. I just think like maybe she stands up for people. Maybe there's a wait. Maybe she is a waitress and she stands up for her fellow waitress whenever a guy tries to smack a butt or whatever. But she's like, I want her to be strong on her own. I just don't want her to be strong how we need her. Right. Like she's not naive to the world she lives in, but she's also not yet prepared for the future because who the fuck would be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because our our current Sarah Connor is naive to everything. And like, oh, God, she got shot on by a bird. And she'd be like, oh, gosh, I guess I got to figure out what to, you know, like, completely (laughs) fall apart. And then it's like thrust into this world. She's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, (laughs) that makes no sense to me. Right, like, this version of Sarah Connor wouldn't, when she suspects that someone's following her, she wouldn't just, like, like, freak out. Like, she would kind of already know how to handle the situation to some degree. Like, she's actually capable of, like, protecting herself. Up to the point of being faced with an unstoppable killing machine, and then no one could be prepared for that. Yeah. I mean, she might have the keys in one hand, but she's got the can of mace in the other hand. Yeah. And she's just ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And she might, you know, she might have done, I don't know, some sort of like fun little martial arts when she goes to her gym and gets, you know, gets going. She's, you know, good on social media. She knows what's going on in the world. She's active in things. Yeah. I think the problem with the current, with art, with Sarah Connor and the Terminator is I think she's very passive. She's very passive yeah. and she's not a part of anything. No. Yeah. You know? Like, without this boyfriend taking her on on Friday night, she's like, I'm just going to do stuff on my own. And it's like, good for you, girl. But at the same time, it's not like she's like, well, I'll take myself out. Let me get dressed. She dresses down. And I just think that in this day and age, we don't do that. If if we're like, I'm going to go out and nobody's going with me. I'm still getting dressed up. Other people will see me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So she's a little... She's a little meek and quiet and very passive. And I just think there's no possible way that this incredibly passive person who's just letting things happen to her would allow this huge thing to happen to her and then completely change her whole identity yeah. to get to Terminator Dark Fate. You need to see that spark in there. Yeah. You need to believe that she could do what she's eventually going to have to do. Yes. On the other hand, Terminator 2 does a very good way of explaining how all she of gets that. there. Yes. Yeah. Right, but obviously, but let's like, pretend she... like we don't have a teacher. I know, coming. I know. <laughs> but this is just so hard. It's so hard But I want to steal something else from Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. So in Dark Fate, when Linda Hamilton is approaching, I don't remember the name of the main actress. She's like, "It's always about your womb, your womb, your womb, your womb. It's just whatever you're going to put into the world." And and then like the uh, Mackenzie Davis, you said was her name. It's like, no, no, it's her. Yeah. We're here for her. She's the one. And it's like, wait. Wait, really? It's not just because she is a vessel for the future Messiah? And I thought that was super interesting, especially because Linda Hamilton is always like, oh, I had to protect John Connor, or I had to protect John Connor, and then failed. 
like because it's she's never really mattered it's just what she's about to provide mm. and that was always really bad but dark fate flips it and goes no this woman is a woman like this is the like she's the, the one yeah and i think we need to have a blend of that of they're coming to, back to get sarah connor because of john connor but they also don't realize that it was also Sarah Connor. Like, even, like the machines themselves are misogynistic. I like the idea, because I, I wrote this down when I was writing notes before I ripped off a page of my notes. But I, I like the <laughs> idea that, I like the idea that John Connor could send Cal Reese back to protect Sarah Connor because Sarah Connor is actively needed in the future and wasn't necessarily protected the first time. Yeah. And so I like the idea that, like, we know Cal Reese is going to create John Connor. Like, we... He knows when he sends him back. But the whole reason to bring him back in this particular moment is to make sure she can survive everything to be at that point later on in the future because we need Sarah Connor. I like the idea that Sarah Connor is needed as a person and not just a womb. That was my favorite part of Terminator Dark Fate. I love the, like, she said it the entire movie. Like, you want your womb. Yeah. <laughs> kind of constantly. Basically. <laughs> and the Mackenzie voice like, no. Finally, at the end of the movie. But it's... Did I say Mackenzie Floyd? That's wrong. Mackenzie <laughs> <laughs> Davis. Mackenzie so, Davis. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me... I just had an idea. Let me float this and see how it appeals to everybody. Um, the the Terminator and Calories come back to this moment because Sarah Connor is already pregnant. Like, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever. It doesn't matter. But she is already pregnant with whoever is going to be John Connor. Because just the fact that all this is happening is so, like, random and suspect. It's just, like, the fact that the right sperm still made it to the egg to make John Connor is insane to me. Um, and that's just, like, my one bit of, like, I, I can never buy into this just because it's too... Uh, it, Perfect. Yeah. Well, there's two different kinds of, like, time travel. There's multiverse theory, and then there's, like, fixed fate, and then that's the one with, like, no free will. Uh, and then, like, and Terminator goes back and forth between both. But, like, it's... Something happens to Sarah Connor and she ends up dying in childbirth and then the John Connor character becomes all this and John Connor sends her back because we need her because she would have been something. Some catalyst. So, yeah. I think, like, but, a, but no, that doesn't work either. I think, I think along those lines, because one of the problems I have with the way this movie pans out, it's like, it's basically, it says that Kyle Reese always came back to the past. This always happened, which means like, this is always going to happen. So we've kind of proven that the future doesn't change. So, like, why are they spending all this time to try and send people back? I think what might be interesting is if Kyle comes back, because he's been told, like, this is kind of awkward, but, like, you are my father. Like, my mom always told the story. You came back in time to save her or whatever. And then before they can actually have sex, he dies. So now all of a sudden he's been told his entire life he's the father of John Connor. This was supposed to be when John Connor is, like, conceived and then it doesn't happen. And now... It's up to Sarah to like, okay, well, I need to do this going forward because all of a sudden, like, oh, I, I love the wiping out of John Connor. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah like, that's interesting. Maybe you know, it doesn't mean that that couldn't have done the line, but like the kid that she, everyone says it's like this is supposed to happen, so this kid's created doesn't happen, and so now it's like, well, I guess it's up to me, and like that's the drive forward. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Can he be through like? 90% of the movie before he dies. Calories? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I love yeah, the absolutely. idea of them, like, flirting a lot and, like, it's going to happen. Will they, won't they? And the answer is no, because he dies. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, like, and it, like, at some point, like, they, like he even kind of awkwardly says, like, ah, like, he kind of admits, like, this is kind of weird, but, like... 
I like the idea suppose, that their whole banter could be based around the fact that like I'm yeah. supposed to impregnate and, you. And it's, it's, like, like, it's no, always like it's always about to happen, and then like something goes wrong. The terminator shows up, something like that. And at the very end, like again, the very very end, you're like, well, when are they? What's well, going to happen? When are they going to bone? Exactly. When are they going to fuck? Are they dogs? It also really b- builds into Diane's idea of him like him not feeling like he belongs in this time, and like the entire journey of the movie could be him finding a place and finding like possibly even with Sarah of like finding acceptance living in a time that is not his and like all of a sudden becoming more comfortable being here and then he dies which makes it even more tragic and now all of a sudden oh my god the f- like the future is even more in jeopardy yeah. but but actually to go with what Mimi was saying earlier you could have um, let, let's say in the future like they, they, they can hack anything so let's say they hack the past so Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor go on a date or get to know each other over like OK Cupid or Bumble or wherever the hell they get to know each other. So when he comes to the when he comes to the past, they actually go on a couple dates, and so she knows him. He's just waiting for the Terminator uh. to appear. So he's actually already integrated himself. Like, granted, it's kind of stalkery, but he's also but that's like our, that's what we've got already. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. It's not too... the, the, this movie is built on a premise of stalkery. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But I mean, that way there's actually a built budding relationship that's happening even before we start the movie. I love that and even, time. Even yeah. more, yeah. and <laughs> even more importantly, if we're going to be playing with the stalkery aspect of it, they can go on a sec like a date or something like, or they can be about to bone after the first attack like oh everyone's like uh, at a uh, 10 or something and they and then kyle reese has to go i have to stop this because i've not been honest with you let me tell you more information yeah. and he stops them from having sex and now yeah. now he'll die with regret because if they'd had sex then she'd become she'd have become pregnant with john connor but he couldn't do it because it was wrong and under false pretenses i love yeah. all of this this is the movie i totally wanted it from the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never got because men yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're not great. We're the worst. Um, some of you are great. I said some, uh, <laughs> but something like that. So, yeah. are we happy with that more arc for John Connor for Sarah? For, so no John Connor, and that's how like we break this story apart from all other Terminators. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. This is a really great, you know, moment too because it's almost like it can play off the idea that all of these other movies have in fact happened because the one thing that both Genesis and Dark Fate do is they go back and try to erase things from the beginning, you mm-hmm. know? So Genesis goes back to... Because um, they're trying to kill the mom instead of T2, trying to kill the dad. Right. And then, and then uh, Dark Fate goes back after T2 to kill John Connor. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why we get this new character who's going to be the new John Connor. So I yeah. love the idea that Sarah Connor is our John Connor. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. we're just going back again to be like, and, and now this happens. And that motivates her for whatever our sequel is of now she has to. And that's even more reason for her to be going through and doing all this different training and becoming the badass that she does in the, in the, in the second movie. Yeah. Well, the machine's own actions create the exact enemy they didn't want to create. Yeah. 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 The actual person who's going to be able to stop yeah. them because yeah. they're unstoppable still in the future. Yeah. So I love the idea that Sarah Connor is going to be this actual catalyst for the machines and it's and, their fault. And this is a this is a crazy theory for a second movie that I don't think we should go into right now, but my crazy theory for a second movie is that like they keep sending terminators back to try to get her and then she starts hacking them and she turns them onto her side because now she picked up the skills in order to hack the terminators until finally they send one that's liquid metal that you can't hack. Right. Oh, and yeah, now all of a sudden yeah. she's got her army of terminators that she like that came back to kill her but like she uh, uh, commandeered and now it's like uh oh they figured me out crap 
Terminator 3 is called Terminatrix. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm into no, it. No, it's actually called that. Oh, is it? Well, it's Terminator 3 uh, Rise of Machines, but there was the Terminatrix. I remember that during the publicity and stuff. Because, because yeah, she, she was a model. Yeah, she runs around <laughs> in leather the whole time. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I I well, then they, did the Sarah, the Sarah, then they did the Sarah yes. Connor Chronicles, and it's Summer Glau. Yeah. I think we've got... I think we're happy with our movie. Yeah, also, I, I'm just going to put this out there. My Kyle Reese is kind of perfect for our new Kyle Reese, so... Oh, that's that. great! I'm into it. All right, let's uh, let's talk casting. Okay. Oh, who are the characters that we should cast? Um, like, should we have casted the criminal psychologist? I did. I did. Okay, and and the main cop. I yeah, I did. Well. I thought I did. about casting the main cop, but I was like, do we really need to focus on cops in the movie? And so I ended up not recasting him. But I'm perfectly happy to. We need to have someone drink cigarettes. Yeah, I recast the therapist because the therapist is in all three movies. He's in one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that'd be it, a little bit of a like someone who's like, I'm incredulous about what's happening. <laughs> I'm a dick. <laughs> so I had Sarah Connor, the Terminator, Kyle Reese, Ginger, Matt, therapist, writer, director. Mm-hmm. Okay, and As then well. the cop. I guess, which I don't have, but you... Traxler! Yeah, great. I, I just did the main three, but it sounds like you guys got all this other stuff covered. So... Well... We got you back. <laughs> yep, we're there. Yeah, but, I'll but... be back for you. Ah! <laughs> Someone had to say it. Uh, all right, great. Then let's, let's start with Sarah Connor, the non-titular character, and yet the most important one. I'll go first for this, and then we'll go around. Uh, so... It was important to me to get someone who is sweet, but with potential to be a badass... And I, I went back and forth, and like my initial thought had been, um, I think her name is Dakota Johnson, the woman from Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. I thought she would have been fun. I think, but I think she's a little bit more of a one for one of kind of the Sarah Connor we already had. Mm-hmm. So I went with someone who is sweet in another direction. She is kind of more well known right now for doing voiceover. She's had bit roles and guest stars and like NCIS and this that the other thing, but now she's the main character on uh, the Owl House. She was also in the Carmen Sandiego animated show. This actress is named Sarah Nicole Robles. This may involve uh, phone searching. Thank God for IMDb. All right. Basically. And, but basically, she's a, a sweet actress who's very good, very fun. But, like, you could see the potential of, like, well, if she got put through the Marvel program, she also could be jacked someday. But, like, that's not what we want right now. Right now, we just want someone who is sweet and independent, but also informed. Okay. Interesting. And someone with a Hispanic background is probably going to be a little bit more informed than a white lady. Okay. A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Arguably. A I mean, who can say? Yeah, uh, so, people know what they know, okay? Yeah. Um, but so that, that's, I thought, would be a fun choice. Diane, who did you have? I cast a white lady. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. That there. might be right. Um, I put Saoirse uh, Rowan. Oh, Saoirse uh, Rowan. Yeah, Saoirse yeah, Rowan. I love her. Yeah, she's great. Because she's got the ability to be... Very sort of every 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 type woman, and then if she needed to be a badass, she's got the capacity in her to be that badass. So I, I wanted a Sarah fair. where I could actually like feel that she could become a badass. I think that's fair. I think that's a good choice. I feel that I have a little problem with that casting, if only because I do think Sersha plays annoying too well. Okay, <laughs> and it would be a little hard for me to rally. Like every movie, I know I'm supposed to like her, but I'm like. <laughs> I don't know if she's choosing the roles or if she that's what she's adding to it. I, I was hoping this person would be maybe a little bit more liked. Well, okay. who did you have? Okay. Who, who is more liked? Okay, I, I couldn't decide between two, but I'll just say one. Well, thank you. 
Sorry, I'm trying to think of which one I should say. Zoe Kravitz. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I just yeah. thought like Zoe Kravitz plays like oh the earth and like gotta protect anybody or any small person very well, but also very much could be a fighter. And like we'll see with. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's, she's new cat woman. Yeah. To bring it full circle. Um, <laughs> was Zoe Kravitz who you cast as uh, the no. lead in our Catwoman remake? No, I think it was uh, Sophie Patella. Yeah, that's oh, right. Sophie Patella. Right. Yeah. I, I like Zoe Kravitz too because I think about her performance in um, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies, yeah. exactly. Like she, like she's always kind of played as like the character that you just kind of write off until you realize, like, oh no, she actually has a, like an awareness that no one else does in this entire world. So. I yeah. really like her. I really like her because I think you're right. She's like connected to the earth and then she's got this like total power within her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's like a power that most people would go, that's not a power. Yeah, and she, until like it comes and bites you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. She's yeah. normally who comes up for when people want to cast roles like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and she's very good at it. You're yeah. not wrong. Like that's the correct choice. That's why even just in the world of this podcast, like, she comes up for roles exactly like this all the time. Yeah. My only qu- uh, quarrel with Zoe Kravitz is that she's clearly already a badass. Yeah, but I I do think she has the range to be very clearly not in a movie where oh, I sure. can sit there and believe it. Okay. Especially because if we're just remaking The Terminator, everybody already thinks Sarah Connor's going to be this badass, but she's going to be a very specific kind. And then flipping it and being like, no, she's she's the whole honcho badass. She can still play grounded. Yeah. yeah. But my issue is that, like, everyone was going to be coming in with that expectation of Sarah Connor because that's what we've known Sarah Connor to be for so long. Because a lot of people don't even go back and rewatch the first Terminator. They just watch T2. Right. And I want people to go in and go, oh, yeah, Sarah Connor has no reason to be a badass yet. And I, I love uh, I love your choice. It's an ex- Zoe Kravitz is amazing. Um, that would be my main qualm of, like, we're fulfilling the audience ex- expectation instead of defying it. It's not a bad choice, but that—that that is my one issue with. That's it. why I had my second choice. But well, what's your choice? What's well, your second Chris. choice? No, it's his choice. Oh, well, it's because <laughs> it's, it's whatever Chris said. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had my narrowed down, and Zoe Kravitz was very like. I was while you were kind of going back and forth, I was going back and forth. So you have taken Zoe Kravitz from me, which is great. You made my choice for me, which is fantastic. Uh, so then, my suggestion would be Yara Shahidi, who's the mm-hmm. eldest daughter on um, Blackish, and then she has her yeah. own show, Grownish. Mm-hmm. I think she maybe is going to kind of subvert that expectation a little bit. Like we know, mostly know her for playing like younger college students and more of like a lighthearted comedy thing, but she actually has the range. And I think that she has that, that spark in her. You could believe like, Oh, she could become this total badass down the line. I do love your, yeah, she she's, yeah. I think she's amazing. And I, I feel like she hasn't been, I'm not saying fully utilized yet. Like she's done probably well on TV, but it's like, she has that, charisma like someone give her a big movie at this point yeah she's also come up a bunch because she's great yeah. um i don't think we can cast her sarah connor until we can pair her with an interesting kyle reese so let's talk about kyle reese next diane who did you have for kyle reese stephen james i don't know who that is he was on degrassi next generation i think he was also on if beale street could talk really i he's got a good range and he just like one of those actors when i saw him i was just like huh made me think oh Love that guy. Yeah. Not enough to know him by name. But, <laughs> but, but he's, him. but he, but he's, yeah. I mean, the say, thing say his name again. I'm sorry. Stephen James. With a PH. Oh, PH. PH. Oh, okay. A. Not E. Uh huh. 
But the, the whole thing about at least my vision of Kyle Reese is that as much as Sarah Connor is every woman, okay. Kyle Reese is every guy from the future. He's any dude. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like the idea of someone who's got, who's not crazy, but someone who you'd think, oh, okay, he's not a stalker. Mm-hmm. And I would go with this guy. So I wanted someone who had like a trustworthy face. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... He does have a trustworthy face. A, a and a good, handsome face. Doesn't he? A handsome, trustworthy yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mimi, who did you have for Kyle Reese? Dylan O'Brien. Nice. <laughs> always Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien's always my choice. Dylan O'Brien has the range to freak us out with, you know, I can't handle the world that I'm currently in, but also throw in a quick joke here, but also be really incredibly likable. And he's somebody like you would want to rescue. So I understand whoever ends up being our Sarah Connor sort of being like, let me also protect you in some kind of way, which could lead her to become the hero she's supposed to be. Because hmm. I, I, I just want to protect that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say nothing wrong. I understand. I understand. He's so cute. He's so cute. And he's good in, in like, I said almost everything. In almost everything. I stand by yeah. that. There's, like, one movie I hate. Well, isn't it, like, the third Every, one? Everyone's going to have a movie they hate. No, I love all those movies. Oh, never mind. I read those books, though. And, and I read the books, too. I read the books, I like too. how the movie goes, never mind, with almost everything in the book. Yeah, that's so. the Maze Runner? Yeah. 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 Uh, Chris, who do you have for uh, Kyle Reese? I'm trying to like, narrow down my list here. I, I, some of my Kyle Reese are a little, bit, a little bit older, I think, than would be appropriate for, like, Yarshiki years away. Yeah, I mean, I put throw out there, b- both so. of mine are about 30. Yeah. It's like, they need to not be like, oh, the world is big and scary. I'm... Okay, I'm going to go with Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah, I just think, I think all the things you need Kyle Reese to be, he can absolutely pull it off. Like, you need to believe he's competent and capable, but I can also believe him, like, having that moment of just, like, absolute sheer panic and being overwhelmed and being able to hit all of that emotional range. He freaks out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I think that's the the way that we've structured this Kyle Reese is that that character actually has to go through a much bigger emotional range other than just being a weird little, like, creepy rat person. Mm -hmm. That's fair. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, my Kyle Reese is an actor named uh, Jordan Calloway. He was on Riverdale. He's in Black Lightning, and he's also in The Mick. So he can do like the action stuff, but he can also do the comedy stuff. And so I thought that was kind of important of like the blend of like the drama action, but also <laughs> here's a joke. Okay. And he also yeah. happens to be uh, very attractive because uh, you know it's a he's show on the CW. Attractive. Hello. He's in that Black Lightning spinoff. There's going to be a Black Lightning spinoff? Of his character. Oh. oh nice. I didn't even know about that. I don't know if it got it. I know it was like a sneaky pilot within an, Ooh. an episode or whatever. Apparently Excellent. he's also in something called Drumline, a new beat. I like Drumline. I like the first Drumline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize there were more than one. That's the thing. I think this is not the first one. Oh, it's okay. not the first one. I think but he's a little... Just, I think the he's first a, Drumline is fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's excellent. But I think he's a little bit young to it okay. in the first one. Uh, but yeah, like I... So... It's Terminator. It's I went with unknowns as much as I can because I knew all of you would be bringing in the known people. So I was trying to throw in some monkey wrenches into everything. So I wanted to give us some other options as well. So we have our like we have our four Sarah Connors and we have our four Kyle Reese's. What do we think is the best pairing of those two? Everyone say their uh, Sarah Connor again. I had Sarah Nicole Robles. I had uh, Sershe. So Sharonin? Yeah. Zoe Kravitz? Yara Shahidi. And then Jordan Calloway. 
Stephen James. Dylan O'Brien. Lakeith Stanfield. So is there any, like, of, of those eight names, is there anyone that's like, well, we need this one? I need Dylan O'Brien. I, I <laughs> felt like that might be the case. <laughs> I, I like that. I, 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 I really like Yara Shahidi for this. And I think okay, I love yeah. Zoe Kravitz, but I think Sam, you raised a good point about like, I already know that she's, she's a, a badass. Yeah. I kind of like someone to jump again who's going to give off a little bit of that. I would be willing to do body. Yara Shahidi and Dylan O'Brien. I'd be down for yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah. they'd go well yeah. against each other. And I'm never going to say no to Dylan no, and actually, physically it's, incapable. You should not. <laughs> I think none of us at the table will actually say no to Dylan O'Brien. No, yeah, no, absolutely not. I know yeah. that for my future notes when I come back on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just cast Dylan O'Brien in every character yeah. and yes. call it like Cloud Atlas Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, great. I mean, I'm happy with that. That's a great pairing, and I think that's super duper fun. So, who's going to try to kill them? Mimi, who's your Terminator? Oh, gosh. Okay, I have two again, so um, can I... You're first. Go ahead. Okay. So I took the note as I wanted him to be a little bit more human. I still wanted him to be like a crazy-looking human, but I still wanted him to be a little bit more human. So my first choice was Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay. Mm, um, because yeah. he is buffed up in a very hum- human-like way, but it's still like he could crush you with his bare hands. But then if I wanted to go a very specific... Uh, Terminator route Winston Duke was my answer. Okay. Oh, I, nice. I specifically nice. didn't cast Winston Duke because I knew someone would bring in Winston Duke. I love Winston Duke. I have cast him so many times on this podcast, which is why I don't think we can go with him here. But, like, <laughs> I, he is great. Interesting. Go on, Chris. I'm trying to get my down to which one of these names I want to go for here. Um, okay, this is an oddball choice. But, like, I really think that this is someone who our Terminator should not stand out in a crowd. Um, so I was basically trying to avoid anyone who was, like, very traditionally, like, handsome. Like, you would stop and give them a second look because they shouldn't be that way. But I also feel like could still have that kind of range and be blend in but come off as a little bit sinister. Uh-huh. I want Jesse Plemons. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, nice. I think he could blend in, but... I really think he could give that menace when he really needed to. And I, I I have full faith that he could get in, like, you know, the kind of buff shape you need to be in to be a Terminator because this is Hollywood and everyone can do that. I love that. Look at Chris Pratt. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think that's a fun choice. Yeah. I, he, I think he's, he's also just great. so great. Yeah. In everything. In everything. Yeah. He's always astoundingly good. Yeah. I actually weirdly saw an old CSI episode that I remember with uh-huh. him in it. Yeah. Where he plays this totally, like, murderous kid. And it's so creepy and yeah. scary. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he was good when he was like eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Even like I can't remember the character's name in Breaking Bad, but like that character is like yeah. kind of hitting that range already that we're talking about here. And even like his character in um, uh, Jungle Cruise of like it's a, it's what illusion. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it's this fanta- fantastic combination of like menace and comedy, mm-hmm. and it's great. Uh, he's great. Um, let me tell you about who I had. Mm-hmm. For me, for our Terminator, I kind of avoided the characters that were like kind of the big muscle-bound people because when your insides are a robot, you don't need to be covered in muscles. And which is an interesting uh, comparison for Jesse Plemons because I think he kind of meets that. Like mm-hmm. j- you blend in on the outside because your insides will lift anything. That's why it never makes sense to me when they draw Superman as like this roided out man. It's like, it doesn't matter. You have superpowers. You have super strength. You don't, you don't need to look like that. But we like it anyway. It depends. Okay. <laughs> does it does it depend? Because what does it I depend on? It. 
When it looks like if you like stick him with the needle, he'll pop. Then I think it's a problem. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. But that's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so for me, I, I kind of prioritized movement. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I martial arts skills in this particular case. Uh, there's also comedy with this particular guy, but he's also done the action stuff. So again, comedy and action. He has a name that you won't really recognize because like most stars, like, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's Winston Duke. That's, that's the Black Panther guy. Or, oh, yeah, 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 yeah game night. Mm-hmm. So this is an actor named Chris Pang. You're going to look him up and you're going to go, I would never recognize this guy in a crowd. And that's part of why I went with him. I think that the guy who is our T-1000 in Terminator 2 does this very well. Of He uh, looks super okay. generic. And I think Chris Pang looks super generic as well. I don't know. I think Chris Pang is... He's, too attractive. He's unbelievably he's, hot. He's gorgeous. Are you looking at the same Chris Pang? Yeah. Yeah. He's unbelievably gorgeous. I would be like, excuse me, sir. He's down the the ground. He would stand there and I'd go, where are you going? I'd let him go. Alright, I saw a different picture of him than the ones you're looking at. This one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I did. That's the one I saw. I'm like, gorgeous. Okay. He can murder me, okay? Yeah. Alright. As long as he takes his shirt off first, he can murder me. I will die in his arms tonight <laughs> it must so, have been something we all said okay yeah. here's where my uh, uh blind spot kicks in apologies but i still think he's a good choice <laughs> i feel you i feel you i, I but it turns out i'm wrong um yeah, yeah. all right i get that i'm so sorry oh he's in palm spring yeah, yeah. that's oh, why i cast oh. him he's agents. he plays the best friend yeah, yeah. yeah. married yeah he's, that's and in uh palm springs he's the one that i think uh he's the cowboy hat who like he's the yeah, the, the one that. The, yeah, the, I mean, uh, uh, let's just. He, the, 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 he's going down new, the girlfriend. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to make that my new, you know, background. Thank background. you for reminding me he exists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's great. Chris Pang, um, we all love you except for Sam. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry. I, I, I wanted to make you the Terminator, I and apparently you're Sam. too pretty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he would be in any store, and I'm like, whatever you want. He's, oh, also, yeah. he's also in Charlie's Angels. Would you like Angels. more guns? Yeah. Here's yes. more guns. Yes, yeah, he is exactly. in Charlie's yeah. Angels. <laughs> I haven't yes, seen Charlie's is. Angels and I want to. He is in Charlie's Angels. I will happily watch that with you. Okay, great. <laughs> I, like the last time I came up for a movie night, I was like, I want to watch Charlie's Angels, but I think we watched... Did we watch Jungle Cruise instead? No. What did we watch the last time? Tenacious D in the Pick of Death. That was right. That was the correct choice. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I stand I watched Jungle Cruise with you. That's right. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Uh, next time, Charlie's Angels. Mm-hmm. Happening. Diane. Who's your Terminator? Okay, so I didn't want a muscle-bound guy, because I went through, like, muscle-bound guys, and I was like, no, too funny, too this, too that, doesn't work for me. I mean, Arnold was the perfect pick for that at the time, and also the wrong pick for that, but I was like, I can't copy that. But I wanted someone who could convey menace really well, and just, like, with one flick of a switch, like, scare the shit out of you. So I went with Walton Goggins. Oh... That is unexpected. I love me some Wally Goggs. Yeah. Yeah. I. He's on Justified. He did The Shield. He's on some sort of uh, sitcom now called The Unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. But he can do Menace so well. And that is Menace so well because his face doesn't look human. And that's a very different. Yeah. Yeah, That's a very different. That's different from any kind of Terminator we've ever had before. Like, if Walton Goggins wasn't famous, 
he would immediately blend into the crowd. I kind of really like that idea. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of fits our idea of the Terminator. And because it's Walton Goggins, like, as he starts going more and more Terminator, we can fuck him up. And I I like the idea of, like, he has that kind of smile. Like, he could just... He could could say something that would be kind of weird, and he'd be like, what's wrong with you? And then he'd just smile like, eh, you're probably fine. Yeah. Or, like... Or he also has that smile, like... He says something weird, and you're like, huh? And he smells at you, and you're like, he's going to eat my face. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a smile that looks like it could keep going. Yeah. yeah. It's like a shark quality almost. Yeah, that is a weird choice, but I think we should do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. This is... Yeah. Yeah. Especially following little Yara, little Dylan around. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, somebody protect those two. How are they ever going to be heroic enough? You but see this guy in an alley, you immediately crowd. know right. he's a threat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not, not going to notice him. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Don't notice him in a crowd, but if you're alone with him in an alley, scared as shit. I love the idea, too, of potentially walking down a street, and he's right directly behind you, and you just don't recognize it, and then you turn around, and he's there, and you're like, you're definitely something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is... I was not never expecting that, but I think you're correct. Well done. Yeah, uh, high five. Yeah. yeah. I love it. That Thank brings you. us to Ginger and Matt. So, Chris, you don't have people for this. Mimi, nope. you went first last time. Let me tell you about, uh, I'm just going to tell you about them both. Yeah. I wanted just a fun blend of people who are like, these people are charming. They're attractive and fun. It would, we can see them being friends with Yara Shahidi. And uh, I thought that they'd be great. So my ginger is Emily Van Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Revenge, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Marvel movies and stuff. Uh, she's great. And then my Matt is an actor named Wole Parks. Wole is W-O-L-E. I may be mispronouncing it. And then Parks is how it's spelled. He's in Vampire Diaries, which guarantees that he's attractive. He's also in the new Superman and Lois show. Oh. He's also in Premium Rush. Mm -hmm. I like him. This guy is also very attractive. Uh, But Emily Camp is also very attractive. And I think they're just a really fun, cute couple. Mm -hmm. And it would be really sad if they died. And so that's who I had for those two. Diane, who did you have for Ginger and Matt? <laughs> um, let me just bring him up again. Sorry, I lost that. Uh, for Ginger, I actually had Mackenzie Vega. She was uh, she played the daughter on Good Wife. Um, she's a really interesting actress for me, at least. And someone who could bring the fun. Because one of the things I like about Ginger is she's kind of fun. And she's really kind of cute. Okay. And then for, um, <laughs> for Matt, I actually put Ansel Elgort. Oh, we can't go with him anymore. He's not a good dude. Oh, did he get bad? Did he get? He's canceled. Oh, never mind. Let's just let's just delete that right now. Sorry about that. I did not know. You didn't know. That's fine. I did not know. So no. Now you know. So my Matt is not anywhere near our yeah he consideration. Can, yeah, <laughs> but Mackenzie Vegas, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like her. Okay, so yeah, I agree. My ginger, I wanted her to be incredibly fun. I also kind of wanted her to be a little bitchy because I wanted her to inspire our Sarah Connor to like stand up for herself and go on the dates with the bright people and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of took it into a vastly different direction. My Wait. ginger is Emma Roberts. Um, nice. I, oh. I think like she's awesome. Because she's, she's, she's ginger. She, well, is she? She's red hair, isn't she? No, she's blonde. No, she's, oh, she's blonde. blonde. Okay. She's so blonde. Yeah. Why so, well, I think you know she's got red hair. I feel like in some roles she's... Oh, some roles she's been yeah. red. Okay. Yeah. So. Never mind. I think, like, I think like when she played Nancy Drew, I feel like she's yeah, like she that. Yeah, she's okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So yeah. I figured, like, my ginger... I believe that girl's going out or staying in with her significant other, which, in my version, is not Matt. 
her name is Nina, sure, and oh. is played by a, a lovely transgender actress named Zion Moreno. Also in my version, Mina survives. Yeah, because then we have another problem. Well, yeah. no, in my version, Mina survives because I, I just think that, like, the call happens of, oh my god, you know, too too easily. After I've murdered everybody, and then I get a phone call saying, no, Sarah Connor's somewhere else, I honestly think our Terminator would be, like, getting the call sort of midway. Just kind of push her away and then just walk off. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's you're not even on my, I'm realizing I'm killing the wrong people. <laughs> like, you can't tell me I know exactly where she is and be done with it. So we kill Emma Roberts first because she's making a sandwich. <laughs> a disgusting, nasty ginger sandwich. <laughs> she put so many things on that sandwich. Like, that was very confusing. Nasty. And just drinking milk with it yeah. too. Yeah. Like, was, was like, 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 yeah. With peanut butter, but like also meat. Yeah. So she was making a disgusting sandwich. So she dies first and then is about to kill Zion Marina, who's in Gossip Girl, the new season of Gossip Girl, and walks out because the phone call happens and understands Sarah Connor is not in this apartment. And keeps going. Those are my choices. I like them. Is it bad, though, that I kind of want Emma Roberts to die in that? I feel like she gives good death. Yeah, no, we're killing Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts. Okay, you are killing yeah. Emma Roberts. Yeah. Okay, Emma sorry. Roberts I think I missed, I missed Killing her. Emma Roberts... And then Zaya Morana lives. Okay. Yes. Is I think kind of how everyone wants that to go. Mm-hmm. That works. Cool. Works for me too. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think that's fun and I think that's a good choice. I like that. I think that's a good flip. And it means that uh, at the end of the movie, uh, Sarah Connor isn't completely alone. Which yeah. Is like, yeah. With that's yeah. also Like nice. literally her entire world is bulldozed in this. And it's like, hey, maybe one lifeline's okay. Well, especially because the lifeline in the original is her baby. And now yeah. we've taken her baby yeah. away from yeah. her. That's true. So she needs another baby. And I just like the idea of her starting her own, like, we're all going to kick ass in the apocalypse, guys. Yep. <laughs> That's how yeah. it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I'm got my best it. friend, Mina, here. <laughs> so then the, I really like the idea of Sarah and Mina in the sunset. Yeah. 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 So then I don't have Traxler. Did anyone else have Traxler? Other I have than Traxler Mina? and I also have this, the shrink. Yes, I have the shrink as well. Tell us who your Traxler is. My Traxler is Elizabeth Marvel. She was on House of Cards and Homeland and Law and Order. She just kind of has this face. It's just like she's Ooh. like a cop face. Okay. I love a good cop face. <laughs> <laughs> apparently she's also in True Grit. Yeah, apparently she's no, she, great. Oh, she's in um, Manifest. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. She nice. does have a cop face. She's got a cop she's face. She's got a cop face. She's Maybe a cop who face. did you have? I had Tony Long Chu Wei. White? What? he's great he's awesome he's yeah. amazing that was weird i just typed in tony and that's who came up yeah I, and it's almost like everyone's googling him because of shang chi uh, yeah, yeah. Weird. I, he's amazing I, because everybody is like oh simu's gonna be so hot and then you're like oh actually daddy is smoking <laughs> <laughs> okay, i have loved him since the long car y films he is such a good actor mm-hmm. he blew me away and in the mood for love and i just oh he's never, magical haven't gone back He's magical, and I yeah. honestly believe he seems like a character or a person who would have that dedication to keep going to drink cigarette ash coffee, you know, and just keep it moving and, mm-hmm. like, not have it phase him and, and then do it in a way that I'm, like, all about. All right, all right. We'll go with Tony Long Chu-Wei. Cool. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, I don't. Because you said you that. loved him. That's why I, I love him to death. Great. Wow, that's great. Then we'll do that. Then that brings us to Silverman, the therapist. Okay. Dan, you had that... Uh, 
Mimi, did you have this as well? Yes, I did. Okay, so tell us who you had. So I went in a very weird direction because okay. I think this person as an actor is incredibly lovable, and I kind of hated Dr. Silverman throughout all of these things. He's just not helpful. Um, Correct. <laughs> but I, I would love to see this actor in this role because I think they could probably do it. Or it would be a challenge for them, and I want to see it. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, fair. I think uh, that's a good choice. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. I think that's fun. And I think uh, you don't start hating them. You would learn to hate him. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's important. I actually just really like Mark. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I had a similar choice in terms of casting of like, oh, yeah, obviously this person, we love you. What did you just say? Mm-hmm. Um, so for my Silverman, I went with someone who uh, is Jewish. Uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus. Ooh. Oh, interesting. I like that. And oh. it's, to be fair, it's kind of what she's doing in kind of the new Marvel TV shows. But at the same time, like, if we're going to have this this person who's like, doesn't believe anything that's happening across all our movies, you kind of want it to be Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, she'd be, she would just dismiss everything very offhandedly yeah. in a very funny way. And, but in a way that we're like, yeah, we agree with you two minutes later. Wait, no, we don't agree with you. What? What did you yeah. say? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Diane, who did you have? Um, I actually had Brian Tyree Henry. I don't know who that is. He's on Atlanta. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. He, kn- he would be really good. Yeah, I kind of I liked what he did on Atlanta. Oh, Say his name again. I Brian love- Tyree he's Henry. He's yep, in the Eternals. He yes, I or will be in the. Eternals. He will be in the Eternals. I could. I would be perfectly happy going with Brian Tyree Henry or Julia Louise Dreyfus. So well. Mimi and Chris, uh, which. Of those two, which do you lean towards? I think Brian Tyree Henry. I think I like Julia Dreyfus. I might find it a little distracting. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I agree. Okay. Great. He's going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. So that'll be great. <laughs> we did it. We cast this movie. That's right. Time to get to writer and director. Shit. <laughs> so, Chris, your turn to go first. No, no, come back around to me. I'm changing stuff up. Sam, my, t- <laughs> my turn to go first. I am specifically going to talk about writer. Uh, I'll get to director in a minute, but like for writer, this writer has an incredibly eclectic selections of movies he's written. For this, it was important to me that like for this team of writer and director, one of them needs to be a woman because our lead is Sarah Connor. And in even in the original um, Terminator, uh, James Cameron... Oh, man, I'm going to blank on her name. Gail Ann Hurd. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is crazy to me, because I, I, I know someone named Ann Hurd. And uh, it was James Cameron working with Gail Ann Hurd, and it was a two-hander. And it was both of them, and I think that's important. So for me, I kind of tried to avoid the male gaze with my director, and that's why I made uh, her a woman. But for my writer... I wanted someone who had the experience of writing cool combat and action stuff, but also had a sense of humor. Um, He was the creator of a show called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. The premise of the show is that Jean-Claude Van Damme has been secretly, has been a secret agent this whole time. And that's why they made all these movies all over the world. So he can go do secret agent stuff. That's great. He's also the, one of the writers on Wonder Woman 1984, which we shat on earlier, but he also wrote Shang-Chi. And, but he also wrote Mortal Kombat. He wrote Godzilla. Like, he is, like, this is his wheelhouse. And I feel like some of the things where he does better are the ones where let people let him write. Like, Wonder Woman 1984 has, like, eight writers. Yeah. So he is a credited writer on it, but I think we all know that he's not the writer. Yeah. Um, he wrote Godzilla, which 
like a lot of my critiques of Godzilla are the direction of the writing. And so, and he clearly has a sense of humor and like weird ideas. And I thought that he would be fun. And it's, he's someone who definitely grew up with this movie. And so I thought he would be someone who would really be able to give it a, a fun twist. So that's why David Callahan was my choice for writer. I knew that it would be divisive at this table. No, no. I, I can see your reasoning on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gave a lot of good reasons. Thank yeah. you. I can't argue with you. I appreciate that. I mean, you can and have, but and in this will. situation. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get into an argument about it, I <laughs> every, one, every once in a while, sometimes you got to go to the argument clinic. That's true. He's a I, I'll make the, that reference. He's a writer on the Spider-Verse sequel, too. Yeah. So. He's very good, and I think he's well-regarded, and people like him, but he's not, a, a like, a household name. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily... But I I think he's good. And I my, and I watched the pilot of Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and it was very funny. It just never really went, because it's like, the show's called what? Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a ridiculous premise. But it was, like, before Amazon TV shows really took off, and it premiered at the same time as The Tick. It was a whole thing. Chris, you ready to tell us about your writer? Uh, I don't have a writer, but we'll come back to me on director. Okay, great. Diane. Abby Morgan. Tell me about Abby Morgan. Um, she's actually done a whole bunch of stuff about like female empowerment and stuff. So she did a movie called Shame with Steve McQueen. She did The Iron Lady. She did The Invisible Woman. She's about to do something called The Suffragette. Suffragette. Okay. And I just, I like the idea of giving someone who really understood like a woman's power the screenwriting job. Abby Morgan is a recurring character on Dawson's ABI. Creek. ABI. ABI <laughs> Morgan. Sorry about that. She's she's a British writer, and she's not exactly, like, written, like, blockbusters. But I kind of like the idea of the way she writes women. Yeah. That's a great reason to recommend her. Uh, Mimi, who did you have for writer? Lana Wachowski. That makes sense. That oh. makes sense. Um, I, I think that the Wachowskis... I have major problems with Trinity, and I have major problems with Niobe in the original uh, <laughs> Matrix trilogy. And it's kind of just that they're really just there to make sure these guys' storylines are really great and they don't have their own. But since their own personal transitions, the characters that they have created that are women are incredibly strong, um, have whole lives and backstories that don't really surround themselves with men. I would say even their stories are infinitely better. Um, now. And so I think that they can handle whatever we want to do with Sarah Connor, but especially with the idea of, you know, my, my ginger and my Mina characters (laughs) and then like bringing in this sort of like funniness that we also have to like have just to make it a little bit light, but also can really tap into the idea that this is terrifying because I think they've experienced that in their own lives. But not in particular. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I think that's because yeah, Lana, right Lana is generally the writer and Lily is generally the director, correct? No, no. Well, it depends no. on what they're working on. Depends they, on what they're working on. Like okay, a, fair enough. Lana's Matrix, directing Matrix, Matrix she's doing the Matrix, four. right? Lana, but she did not write it. Lana does story, no, I think, story and screenplay. For, that's okay. all hers. Lily's I am, not a part I am, of. Yeah, right. Matrix I know story. Lily's like stepped away from it. They uh, don't really for, work for, together very much anymore. But I think like it's because Lily wants to do different stories and Lana wants to stay in the sci-fi fantasy genre. Yeah, which I think that that's why. Great. Perfect. I am very excited for Matrix 4. Same. I mean, it's going to so be great. excited I'm very for Matrix excited. 4. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, it might okay. actually get me back in a theater. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. going to be seen in a theater. Yeah. 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 I've um, seen a lot in theaters. So I haven't. <laughs> in two years. So, all right. So we have our ideas for writer. Chris, who do you have for director? Okay. So I was trying to think of 
horror directors in particular. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that element really needs to be leaned into, and I think maybe even more so in the screenplay, the director needs to have that understanding. So I went for uh, Rose Glass, who directed Saint Maud. It's a movie I have not actually seen, but she's a, a British filmmaker, and I've heard amazing things about Saint Maud that it's like very like high level psychological horror. Like it's a great film that really like actually has like character and theme and is really palpable. I've just heard nothing but great things about it. Um, and I think it'd be cool to see someone who has a, a horror sensibility come in and then, you know, I, I think, yeah. I think it's easier to teach someone like to bring in a really good second unit to come in and do like a lot of the action stuff, but you need someone who understands character and tone. I think she could do it. I think that's reasonable. That's a good idea. Yeah. Mimi, who do you have for director? Well, I originally put Dennis Vian. Oh, Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> yeah, villain, villain. <laughs> yeah, little Dennis. We know who you're Denny. talking about. We yeah. also can't pronounce it, and that uh, we should uh, look it up. I really yes. wanted to Denny Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Is that actually yeah. pronounced? Yeah, okay, great. That's Denny, how you Denny Villeneuve. It. I listen to a lot of film podcasts. Great, because I Denny do. Denny yeah. Villeneuve is what I always originally said. <laughs> I never said anything else. No, it's all. Yeah, hard. no, no one listened to my uh, episode where we remade The Abyss four weeks ago. Uh, where he was our director for that other James Cameron movie. <laughs> oh, the sorry. Abyss. Well, I chose Denny, my best friend Denny. His <laughs> name I totally know how to say. Well, I chose because I I really think he's created epics, and I do feel like my other problem with the original Terminator is they didn't know how big it could be, mm-hmm. and it was an epic from the beginning and should have sort of been treated in that way. Um, not necessarily like a huge blockbuster, but like just the scope of what they were doing, um, which I think a lot of movies in the 80s kind of suffer from because they could have been done bigger. I mean, not everything could be Star Wars, but like you could have treated it as such. Yeah. And they didn't know. And they didn't know. But like I do figure nowadays, especially with our story, we know. So I wanted somebody who could handle that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Diane. Alex Garland. Tell us about Alex Garland. Ex Machina. Aww. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. I was just thinking, because he's also... Dread. Yeah. Yeah. Love Dread. Great, Love Dread. great sci-fi director. Yeah. And writer. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of sold me. Yeah. So my director, I went with... Um, I found her because she was the one who directed The Old Guard, which was that Netflix movie with Charlize Theron. Because I was, like, looking for cool, like, interesting action set pieces. But... Prince? Yep, uh, G- uh, Gina Prince Blythewood. She also directed *The Secret Life of Bees* and *Love and Basketball*. And like, if we're gonna be treating this as the uh, a love story between Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese, we need to have someone who can direct a love story. And *Love and Basketball* is that. And so I thought that so is *The Old Guard*. Yes, yeah. *The Old Guard* is a love story about you and your friends. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. I liked *The Old Guard* a lot. I think *GPB* is. The queen. She's the queen of an intimate sex scene. Um, Which she, this movie is known for. She does She <laughs> does great intimacy. Um, I think she's amazing. Like, she's she's so great. I don't know. I'm obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, personally. <laughs> That's all. I have nothing to add. I'm just, okay. I'm just yeah. saying all great words about your choice. So, here's the thing. <laughs> I haven't gotten anyone yet. Mm-hmm. Let's go with uh, uh, Gina Prince-Blythewood. Who is the writer that you would hear no with? L. No L. Okay. Bythe. Just Bythewood. Can I, I want to throw in something. What Bythe. if Alex Garland wrote Bythe. it? Bythe. I'd be down for that. Because he could, he could, I mean, he's a brilliant yeah, like, writer. Yeah, his, yeah. Like he, he's more prolific as a writer than director, and like his 
that, like the movies he's directed, he's also been a writer on, and like I, I think he can have a really interesting, cool take on that. Yeah, he like that makes sense to me of just like a really intricate managing of a story in a weird and creepy way, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> GPB mm-hmm. is like can really connect with the actors. Yeah, yeah. And, like yeah. for the story, really bring out the story we're trying to. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Fuck, now I want this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I totally want to see this movie. Yeah. Frustrating. GPB, if you're listening. I can go watch it tomorrow. I add it to my list of Terminator movies. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that, oh. that is our Terminator, which we can call Terminator because the Terminator already exists. There we go. Yeah. So this is Terminator. Sarah Connor is going to be played by Yara Shahidi. Kyle Reese is going to be Dylan O'Brien. The titular Terminator will be Walton Goggins against all odds. Uh, Ginger is going to be Emma Roberts. Mina is going to be uh, Zion Morena. Traxler will be Tony Long uh, Chinway. Say that name again. Chu? Chuway? Chuway? I wrote it down and I can't read my handwriting. Tony Long Chuway. Tony Long Chuway. I think. Uh, and then Silverman will be Brian Ty- uh, Tyree Henry. All of this will be written by Alex Garland and directed by GPB. Gina Prince Bythewood. Bythewood. Yes. yes. Yeah. Terminator. We did it. All right. Awesome. Thank you all for being a part of episode 100. Thank you. This was so much fun. This was great. Super fun. I really liked this. Cool. So now's the time to go around and promote things that you want to promote and tell people about your social medias. We went clockwise last time so let's go counterclockwise this time chris you've got shows and things i do have shows and things uh yeah so i have a podcast called tim talk with two m's named after bruce tim who created batman animated series and the dc animated universe and so my friend and i are rewatching all that and talking about it and we are now in our last series adjusting unlimited so we're, we're kind of on the home stretch here um and sam you've been a guest on that multiple times which I has have. been lovely uh, and then I'm also now producing a show called X-Ray Vision for Cricket Media, and it's with Jason Concepcion, and it's hitting all of, like the high-level zeitgeist-defining stuff, including Marvel, and we'll be doing Dune and Star Wars, stuff like that. It's a really fun show, so yeah. go check that out. Mimi. Yeah, that's me, Mimi Darling. I'm your ones and twos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, I forgot what we were doing. I was so enraptured by everything that you're doing oh (laughs) i'm not doing anything in comparison you're doing lots of things my name is mimi darling (laughs) and uh i run see it on tuesday which is a currently instagram account where i tell you how you should watch movies because you definitely should see them i even feel like i said that exact thing in the beginning of this but it's a great you have a tagline it's It's exactly right yeah Yeah. yes see all the movies but don't spend too much money on all of them that's my motto good (laughs) Diane. Um, I'm a writer, so hopefully at some point you might actually see something I wrote. Nothing's happening so far, but hey. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at, at Dibster. Oh, right. Uh, uh, social media stuff. Lord of Fur. Yeah, Lord of Fur on Instagram, but I'll occasionally post a Lego, so you're not missing out much. I like yeah. a Lego. <laughs> yeah, at See It on Tuesday. Excellent. Um, to not see me post. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to see... My Twitter, I am at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. 
on uh, Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake or join us on Facebook, Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. Or Ideal Remake is also on YouTube if you prefer to absorb your podcast that way. Ideal Remake is also a part of the Dueling Genre Network. So if you want a great way of communicating with me or any of the other podcasts on the Dueling Genre Network, you can always go to DuelingGenre.com and join the Discord. And that's super fun. Uh, Or do what all podcasts ask you to do. If you're a fan of Ideal Remake or Tim Talk or any podcast, or what was the name of the new one? X-Ray Vision. X-Ray Vision. You can go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is great and algorithms run our lives. Cool. So we will now end as we always do. And this is a great movie for it. Diane, what's your favorite quote from the movie? The Terminator. The Terminator. It's got to be Alvin back. I'll be back. I'll be back. It's just delivered so well. He wanders out. He comes back. He comes back in in a car. He smashes the cop. It's just fantastic. Yep. Mimi? You know, watching this over was the first time I realized Kyle Reese actually says, uh, come with me if you want to live. Mm-hmm. And so that's it for me. I was like, okay, Kyle Reese, I'm not going anywhere with you. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but good okay. line. Yeah, good line. Thank yeah. you for dropping it. Chris? Oh, it's just... Kyle Reese yelling into monitor, Sarah Connor! <laughs> I think the, like, I, it was at the end of the movie, but I think the line that stuck with me the most was, there's a storm coming. I know. Thank you. <laughs> we didn't know, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> there's a storm coming. I know. Drives off towards the storm. Yeah, that backdrop. Yeah. What a yeah. wonderfully painted that was backdrop that was. Like, <laughs> like, I was sand on the road. Yeah, I was like, I have never beautiful. seen anything more prettily painted. Yeah, yeah that because was Because that is not real. <laughs> it is so not real. <laughs> is that the universal lot? Because I think I've seen that backdrop before. Yeah. <laughs> Fun, though. Yeah, very good. I was like, when is the car going to have to stop because it's not real? Oh, no, they're just going to keep making the car smaller. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Um, cool. Thank yeah, you Cameron all said they played with a lot of forced perspective on the sh- on the movie. Yeah, but only oh. in the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Good.